When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Welcome back to Draft Vice. I am back. We are here. Uh, took a little bit of a little bit of a break. I meant to come back last week. Uh, after I did a, I meant to come back weekly after last week. But what happened was, was I was going to have a guest on the podcast. Had a couple of technical issues. Didn't have, scheduling was off because I was going to talk about a couple of these things we're talking about today. By the way, let's get into it. Welcome back to Draft Vice. I am Walter, and today we are talking about the Washington McSnyder's changing their name. Patrick Mahomes getting a brand new contract, ten years extended. He will be a he will be a Kansas City Chief for the next twelve years unless he gets cut at a certain point. And then also the other two contracts are very big. Chris Jones gets an extension. Miles Garrett gets an extension. You get a hundred. You get eighty-five. You get a five hundred million dollars. Yes, it's a bunch of money. So right off the bat, we'll go to the contracts and we will ra- we'll wrap up the the show with uh, the Washington McSnyder's. The new names that they are seeking, they are retiring the old name, the R-word name. If you can remember correctly what that was, you don't need me to tell you. You got the Google. But while we're at it, let's go right into it, right? Pat Mahomes gets a 10-year, $500 million extension. $477 million in guaranteed mechanisms. What does that mean, you mean? Uh, well, it means some some of those uh, years might become guaranteed a couple years ahead of time, right? So, Because what happens is you can, fully guaranteeing a $500 million contract, I mean, there are very few owners who could fully guarantee $500 million. Because what happens is when you fully guarantee a contract, you got to put money in escrow. And where are you getting $500 million to just stick in escrow for that whole time? So... What happened here is is that say he's on the con- he's on the team in 2021, his contract in 2023 and 2024 are guaranteed. So it basically it it, it creates a structure where the team can't cut him unless they're, they're unless they're willing to just guarantee that money and take the cap hit uh, during those years. So it, it basically guarantees him the money for the contract without fully guaranteeing the contract. It allows him to, to pay out differently. And, and this is a structure that's become very popular in recent years. Uh, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it's part of the Ryan Tannehill structure. Uh, and we keep hearing about it more because it's become a way of it's not just injury guarantee. Cause that's become, I think players are getting smart to that as far as avoiding just getting injury guarantees because they're like, Oh, well, if I get injured, it's totally fine. But then you realize you're fighting with the team about what cons- what's considered an injury. So a lot of them are saying, we're not doing that shit no more. We want fully guaranteed and we want guarantee mechanisms. So $477 million in guarantee mechanisms. Uh, he has ability to opt out if those payments aren't made. Uh, there's currently a no trade clause in the contract. Way to go, Pat Mahomes being one of the few guys who could actually negotiate that in. Then uh, they also, you know, if you look at the average annual salary, right? From you know, obviously you're hearing this and you're going average annual salary for the next ten years because like it's four hundred seventy like he's not making five hundred million right it's a five hundred three million dollar contract but let's be real, um he's got to meet certain like th- he's got to make it to the Super Bowl like every year and throw for five thousand yards and those like, you almost never meet the full area the kind of full you know uh, height of the contract right he's not gonna make five hundred three million maybe he will but not from this contract alone so what's gonna end up happening is that. Uh, you know, it's really the 477 million, which is a lot of money still, 
And over the life of this contract, it's about you know forty-five to fifty million dollars. But really, when you when you look over the next twelve years, you're looking at the the you know when you look at the two years he's got left. This is a big part of this, right? I I talked about this before with the Jamal Adams thing. There, it's an extension, and the money's going on the extension, right? So they get cap relief for the next two years under his current contract, but he's getting paid now. It's great. It's a nice win-win situation. This is why you extend players while they're on their rookie deal. It creates cap relief. It gets you then locked up uh, for a, a good price early on, and they get money ahead of time. And it, it, It's a great way to operate your structure, if you will. So, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes, uh, for the next 12 years, a decade, and then two more years, he will probably be a Kansas City Chief. Uh, and he'll be making about an average of $40 million a year over the next 12 years. Imagine that, man. This guy is going to be able to own a team if you want to. Well, not really. Like, that's a, that's a multi-billion dollar deal. But, like, dude, it was that's a lot of, that's a cashola deal. So, the funny thing with this contract, right, a lot of the players have contracts about, like, limiting and what they can and can't do in the offseason. Uh, his contract has a lot of limits. In it. He can't play basketball, can't play baseball, he can't go on the jet ski. Uh, he's basically limited to playing football for the team and playing video games when he's at home. So, but uh, not a bad sacrifice when you're making over almost a half a billion dollars and probably can through the course of your career make over that in fact uh some of the comments here have been that he's going to be making more over the course of this contract than what eli did during his whole time being a, an nfl player and so far eli's the one who has made the most uh during his career now granted uh matt stafford will probably beat out eli there's probably gonna be a few people who beat out eli's contracts but still that's a lot of money um and Pat Mahomes probably will be at least close. I think you know we will see. We will see the future of those uh, those contracts. Um, dude, was anybody gonna say this is a bad move? Actually, the the big rumor, right? The big rumor was he was gonna get a percentage of the cap. This is something everybody's been talking about for years. I don't see it ever actually happening, um, because the point of doing these, especially this early on in an extension, you would need a guy who walks out into free agency to be able to negotiate the percentage of the cap thing. That's what I believe, because you're not going to get a guy like Pat Mahomes, who's got two years left on his deal. He's not. He doesn't have that much leverage at that point. He's got the leverage to make a lot of money, but a percentage of the cap is a lot. Like, that's a that's a big deal, because that prevents you from, that'll permanently kind of, like, limit you on signing players. The benefit of getting this extension done is that you were saying, well, we are looking into the future, right? Right now, you're going to be the highest paid guy on the market if you went to free agency right now, right? So we're going to pay you that amount two years ahead of time. But what's going to, and we're going to make sure you get that amount two years ahead of time. The problem is, is that they don't, like, they have no benefit then if they gave you a percentage of the cap because the the point of giving this extension is you were you were capping out what they are actually going to get, right? You were you were limiting the 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 draw on resources. You were saying we're giving you the highest paid contract now for a quarterback if they were to walk into free agency. But in two years, when that, that contract actually kicks in, it might not be the highest amount for a quarterback at that time. It's what I was saying with the Jamal Adams situations. All relates back to contract situations, man. Uh, it's why I've been very much against what's been going on with you know how the Jets have handled Jamal Adams. And we will talk about other players who might be in similar but different situations uh, later on in this podcast. So... That's a big deal. By the way, not the only Chief who got an extension. Chris Jones got an extension, right? 85. Nobody thought this was going to happen, I think. I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, they extended Pat Mahomes. They got no money left. And then the Chiefs went, really? 
we would like to raise you one. And they went ahead and they signed Chris Jones to an extension. He was They were coming up on the deadline, right? And there's guy, two guys on this podcast we're going to talk about. Like, it came right up to the deadline, and they said, you know what? And by the way, I'll tell you what the deadline is, right? July 15th, uh, there's a, the deadline. If the player's on the franchise tag, which Chris Jones and Derrick Henry were on the franchise tags, uh, you have till July 15th to get an extension done. This is an issue with the Le'Veon Bell uh, situation a couple years ago. So, but right now, it, the way it worked is it makes a, it gives a deadline for players to be able to sign the tender and be able to like to to negotiate with the team. So, July 15th deadline. As I'm recording this contract, the July 15th deadline has passed. Um, recording this podcast, yes. Anyway, uh, so. Literally minutes before the end of the deadline, Derrick Henry gets an extension, $50 million, four years. We weren't talking about Derrick Henry, but I might as well go ahead and touch on it a little bit, and we'll talk about him again later on. And then about two years of that supposedly guaranteed. Chris Jones, a couple days ago, but still gets a four-year, $85 million contract, includes $50 million, includes $60 million in total guarantees upon signing, right? That's a big deal. Uh, I'm actually a little shocked that 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 was the extent of his contract, and then we're going to talk about Miles Garrett, who got more than that, I think. Um, now I think he's got maybe about the same amount in guarantees. So, oh uh, no, he doesn't have the same amount in guarantees. Never mind, I'm being stupid here. But nonetheless, four-year contract. Now they got Chris Jones, a, a, an important piece of their defense, right? Great pass rusher, okay run defender, but who you know you got this weapon who could just get after the passer. Um, and again, the Chiefs are desperate for pieces on their defense. It seems like almost every year they're just kind of piecemealing it together and they just want to beat you on offense. Totally makes sense. If I was the Chiefs, I might do the same thing. I'd at least try for a little bit on defense, kind of like what they're doing. Uh, so Chris Jones, again, lovely pass rusher, great player. Uh, I think everybody was thinking, oh, well, he's going to be on one-year deal or they'll trade him or they'll do this. Like They'll do what they did with, uh, with uh, uh, not Houston. The guy who they traded to uh, to San Francisco, where they they tagged him and then they traded him for a second round pick. I cannot remember off the top of my head. Outside linebacker, Houston got released at the same time too. I was I was a big year where they just exodus of like defensive players. So I'll remember it later on, I'm sure. But they keep a guy now. They keep a guy. They didn't have a lot of cap space, but they had some, right? And part of this deal, right? Part of the reason why they were able to do this is because. Because of the cap relief they still have from Pat Mahomes' contract, because remember, he's still got two more years left, they they were able to maneuver this. So, listen, Pat Mahomes is going to be on a contract next year, but, like, his contract's not going to be, like, $40 million yet. So you're going to be able to utilize what you have left in cap relief. This is not thinking about COVID necessarily, but maybe they'll restructure it down the line anyway. Um, you know, you add voidable years on the back end of the contract. Also, there's a lot of talk about the how that's getting negotiated with the NFLPA and the NFL and how, you know, maybe they'll take 35% in reserves. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about right, right now with how they're going to deal with that going into the season if there is a season. So, listen, I think the Chris Jones thing is great. Pat Mahomes thing, amazing. And now, listen, they have basically the same star players that they had when they went to the Super Bowl last year. They are keeping the team together. They are keeping the core basic principles of the team together. And by doing this, they are ensuring that they are at least recreating a lot of the similar uh, similar things that got them to the Super Bowl and got them a Super Bowl win. So, listen, this is amazing. Uh, congrats on the Chiefs.
let's go to the next guy on the list, right? Miles Garrett, my favorite player in the NFL currently. Uh, plays for my favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. Got a $125 million five-year uh, contract extension. So basically, he's locked up for the next seven years, right? Got uh, $50 million fully guaranteed. I'm actually a little shocked. I thought it would be a little bit more than that. He's got $100 million in guarantees. So maybe the contract structure will be a little different. But uh, honestly, with a lot of those kind of players, like usually the guys who get those, like, mechanisms that I was talking about with Pat Mahomes' contract, these might be just injury guarantees with with, uh, with Miles Garrett, or they might be kick-in guarantees, if you will. I think it's more along the lines of the injury guarantee route, though. I, I do not know uh, the full details on that contract situation, because that got released today, as did, uh, you know, Chris Jones' situation came out yesterday. So as of the time of recording this podcast. I'm happy, man. I am very happy. I am a Cleveland Browns fan. Um, Miles Garrett, like I said before, one of my favorite players, star pass rusher for this team, is constantly being disruptive on that defensive line, and they knew they were going to lock him up. And this is what I'm saying. Good teams do this. They lock up great players and give them an extension. Now, I understand the argument with Jamal Adams is a little different, different position, but, dude, I just I love Miles Garrett. I'm glad they did it. And again, this is another thing where you look at the average on the contract. It's really not $25 million. It's $25 million on the extension. But, you know, uh, you know, when you look at the average of the next seven years, it's going to probably look a little bit closer to 20, $21 million. So I think it's a great move. Uh, the Browns keep uh, – uh, by the way, they finally re-sign a first-round pick. How rare is that for the Browns? It's amazing. Granted, it took them having the number one overall pick two years in a row, but goddamn, that's great. I'm so happy. I like I like Miles Garrett a lot. I I'm I feel like I'm not even like I dude, I feel like I'm not even like performing well on like showing you how happy I am on the video. But dude, I am very happy. One of my favorite players. I'm happy he got paid. Uh, and listen, he said it's Cleveland against the world. I agree with him. Let's go do it. All right. There's a couple other Cleveland news things. I'm going to pop these in here real quick. David and Joku, I mentioned it on. Uh, I actually, we have the t we have a draft vice TikTok. You can follow the draft vice TikTok. We have a draft vice Instagram. We've always been doing a draft vice Instagram. Uh, go follow uh, draft vice on those things. But with uh, I mentioned on both of these uh, platforms that David and Joku requested a trade, right? Kind of came out of nowhere, which is weird because he went to the um, and I think this is actually a bigger issue to talk about, right? Uh, he went to uh, he went to the throwing session with Baker Mayfield. They've gone through all like the OTAs that like, the virtual OTAs, and now he's requesting a trade, which is weird because again, like there's there's a thing called leverage, right? Don't get me wrong, like I love players, I want them to get paid. This doesn't sound like he's requesting to get paid. It sounds like playing time is an issue. Um, but he's shown good chemistry with Baker Mayfield, right? And the whole reason why he didn't have a good year last year was because he was injured. And also because of the coaching staff and the, the front office were kind of out to get him a little bit. They did not want him to do well. Um, when he came back from injury, there was a lot of talks he was going to get traded in this offseason. And he just did not get along with uh, the Dorsey Kitchens fiasco, if you will. So David Njoku kind of went into this offseason almost sounding like he was going to get, you know, fire sailed and sent somewhere else for like a, a late round pick. And then in comes Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry. And Stefanski wants tight ends up the, up the wazoo, right? They want to run a two or three tight end set quite often, right? They want to be able to utilize a, a, two, a 21 personnel. They want to pull the Kyle Shanahan, if you will. And, and a little bit of what he did when he was with Kubiak last year where they had uh, Irv Smith and uh, Kyle Rudolph. So I, I love David Njoku. I think he's a good player. I think his he has not hit his peak yet. 
Uh, I think they could utilize him. They signed Austin Hooper. I think that was a little bit of the worries, the playing time with Austin Hooper. Uh, Harrison Bryant might be performing really well. I don't know how you know if Harrison Bryant's playing and performing well, though. Like, he's been in OTAs. He's a fourth-round pick. I don't think he's replacing Njoku this year. And Njoku really kind of needs to show that he's valuable to somebody, right? Nobody's going to pay up for him unless you're Bill O'Brien, and maybe you'll throw, like, a, a high-round pick for uh, a tight end. But why, why not? He went ahead and signed Darren Fells off the street and then gave him an extension. But still, I, I like David Njoku. Uh, I think he's a really good player. I think he's got a lot of potential. And again, he has chemistry with Baker Mayfield. A lot of chemistry. He's got two years of chemistry with this guy. And I'm not talking about the class. And it showed the year, the, the Baker Mayfield's first year with him. And he went to the throwing session. So there's something clearly strategic about this that he doesn't think that he's going to get the playing time. Uh, again, because Austin Hooper was signing the offseason. Um, but again, I think they are going to go a lot of 21 personnel and a lot of. Uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of mix, mix and match or 22 personnel because they got a fullback now. And uh, so I think that this is going to be uh, – I hope they keep him. I think Stefanski wants to keep him. I think that that's why they have him. They they, gave, they went ahead and uh, activated his fifth-year option. Now, that kind of gives them a little bit of uh, potential trade value with him, it, it, maybe even into next year if a team is looking for a tight end and they look for Capperly for some extra picks or something and he wants to push it next year. I think the idea is, and there's been some real talk about him wanting out of Cleveland, especially during the Kitchens era, for as short as that was. So I think Stefanski wants him. Barry went ahead and activated his fifth-year option. They went ahead and did it. So I think they want to keep him. They want to run two and three tight end sets. Uh, now, as far as what this gets for Njoku, maybe he feels like, yeah, you know what, maybe I will be. Maybe this team will be great if I'm here. But I don't think we will. Like, I won't pop personally. The team will be good, but I don't think my stats will be great. And I can understand that from a player's perspective. He wants to create a market for himself. He feels like the market for himself will not be great under Stefanski's system, mainly because his individual stats might suffer. Uh, we don't know that, though, because what I think Stefanski's looking to do is kind of do that, like, Gronk-Hernandez thing where you have two really good tight ends, and you have to really make them kind of... And by the way, Njoku can line up at, like, X. Like, he is... At which, at which we've talked about on this podcast before, split end. It's when you line up off the side, a line of scrimmage. He he is a, he can line up anywhere along the line of scrimmage. He's an okay blocker. He's not the best, but he's not the worst either. He's actually solid. Um, and maybe, you know, and maybe there were some questions about him blocking last year. I know Dorsey went ahead and critiqued him. But honestly... Uh, he was a better blocker than a lot of other guys who who played for this team. So, I don't know. I like Njoku, as I said, a lot. So, that's my little rant on the, the Browns and Njoku situation. Hopefully, he stays. If he doesn't, I don't know what his market is. I don't know what his leverage is. Um, on to the last player of the Browns that I want to quickly touch on is Olivier Vernon. They restructured his contract. I was, there was a lot of talk that the Browns were in the market of going after Jadavian Clowney that they were going to pay him $15 million a year and cut Olivier Vernon. And then we hear a little bit of a, a contract restructure about Olivier Vernon where uh, basically he put they, they added in a uh, no, uh, no franchise tag clause, right, for Olivier Vernon. And, uh, but they went ahead and reduced his cap hit. They saved a couple million on uh, – on his uh, his contract for this year, so they they cleared a little bit of space, allowed maybe sign another player. Uh, he gets a seven million dollar workout because remember his he had fifteen point uh, two five million going into this year, right? And 
That was none of it was guaranteed. So they could have cut him any time this offseason. Now they go ahead, they guarantee seven million dollars as a signing bonus. They guarantee another three point seven five million in base salary, and then add a two uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollar workout bonus. I think he's gonna. I like Olivier Vernon. Um, again, like they added in a no franchise tag clause to the contract, so that way, like he doesn't do well this year, and then he can't get into the free open market. Um, I like him. I'm glad that he's still on the team. I think he's a solid player. I was happy when they trade. I, I liked him when they traded for him. I think I had questions because the trade was also for one of their best offensive linemen, and we clearly saw how that went. Uh, so uh, that was a good move. It was a it created cap relief, gave him some, uh, you know, it gave everybody in the room a little bit more, like he got guaranteed money, so he knows he's here for the long haul. And then they turn around, they, they get a little bit of cap relief, right? So he, they know his contract hit is not as bad going into the year. He's making, you know, probably around, you know, 12, 11 to 12 million. That's three or four million less than what he was making before. Uh, I don't think they were going to, you know, Javian Clowney is probably going to be like a trade, like an exact trade off 15 for 15. Everson Griffin, maybe they're still looking to kick in the tires on him. But to be honest, he's going to probably be a $10 million guy. So. I, I like the move. It just shows the, the initiative with uh, Andrew Barry and with the, the Cleveland Browns and with Olivier Vernon. So, all right, let's move on to the next part of this, right? We talked about Derrick Henry earlier. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the money regarding running backs, right? Four years, $50 million. He's going to at least be on the team for the next two years. If this is part of your strategy, you liked how he played. I kind of like, listen, I've, I've, I've I've already aired my grievance on the Derrick Henry extension, uh, tagging him earlier about how to handle that situation. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Four years on, on a running back, listen, when only two years are guaranteed, um, I don't think it's a lot of money. With uh, fifty million dollars, you know, talking about like twelve and a half million over two years, I I don't think he adds enough to the passing game per se that I would be comfortable paying him that much. That like I feel like maybe I would have preferred maybe closer to ten million, but I, I get it. If that's part of your strategy, you get the downhill running style. It's not what I would do, right? I would prefer a running back who can catch out of the backfield to be my every down guy. Um, but if it's part of your developed strategy, you have this eye formation. We're gonna hit him hard. We know Derrick Henry can run through guys. He's a tank, um, and he's got long speed for days. I get the. I get the idea here. There's a strategy to it. I know a lot of the, uh, you know, anal analytics guys, as uh, which I, I kind of, I don't really consider myself as much analytics as I kind of am, uh, but I am. I am very much. I'm pro analytics. I'm pro using the data. So, yes, I think that there's a big talk about the, you know, contract structures and values, and we talk about that a lot on this podcast. And with Derrick Henry. You're paying a running back twelve and a half million. You're you're really paying him really high for a running back. You're talking about in the upper echelons of running back uh, contracts, and I I understand why they did it. It's not what I would do. I probably wouldn't have tagged him going into the year because I would have probably tagged Tannehill so I can kind of see what he's gonna do. But it is what it is at this point. Um, he's part of their, he's part of what they want to do with this team. So. Talking about running back news and weird contract situations, Raheem Mostert, right, of the uh, of the nearly Super Bowl winning San Francisco 49ers, he already did kind of in a contract extension a year or two ago. He's got no money guaranteed on the contract. Uh, he, he performed really well in the playoffs and in, into the Super Bowl. 
Uh, he's demanded a trade. Another guy's demanding a trade in the offseason. I think he's really looking to try to get a little bit more money out of him because, again, like he kind of feels like he's kind of SOL. He can't make more money. He's got a lot of years left on that deal now. It's like I think it's three years and really only capping out at about $4 million. I honestly don't think he would make much more on the open market anyway. Um, he, yeah, he played well. He played better than Tevin Coleman. He played better than a lot of other guys, but he wasn't like – and he's got a good breakaway speed. I just don't think that like you know, and they trade Matt Breida, so I think they are committed to using him. Uh, I just don't think he's got a huge. A, I don't think he's got a lot of leverage. I also don't don't think that he's got a lot to do. Like, he, there's no reason to trade him. He's also not probably not going to make that much more if he gets traded to another team anyway. Um, also, I didn't mention this in the beginning, but Dak Prescott signed his franchise tag tender. And there was no extension by the the deadline today, which I think is the biggest deal. Like uh, Shaq Barrett signed his tender today as well, because uh, uh, as of recording this podcast, this is when the we are on the day of July fifteenth. Uh, Shaq Barrett signed his tender, but he, no extension was done for him. That was kind of more foreseeable. Uh, but the Dak Prescott thing, right? This is continuing to be a weird situation. Like we are now kind of confirming that Dak Prescott might not be on this team, probably won't be on this team next year. There just does not seem to be an agreement on the money or the years on the contract, right? And that seems to be the big disagreement, right? He, he's okay with an average salary structure of like a certain amount, but only over four years. If you want five years, you got to give him more on average. I kind of agree with him. I actually think I agree with Dak a lot on this, right? I think the Cowboys are screwing this up. They screwed the pooch every step of the way on this. And it keeps on you keep on raising the amount because guess what? Other deals go on, right? The longer you wait, your leverage keeps on getting weaker. So they no longer have leverage. They can't extend him now. So it's going to be going into this year. He's on the franchise tag. He's got a one-year deal, making thirty-something million dollars. Um, I listen. I think Dak's a really good player. I think he's at least in the top fifteen as far as quarterbacks in the NFL. I do think he is like he is like I said before the souped-up Andy Dalton. Maybe they're looking to see what they can get out of Andy Dalton in camp. Maybe they say, you know what, we'll just franchise tag him next year too. Keep in mind, like it's not like it's cheap to franchise tag him, right? You got to do 120% on top of what he's making now, so that's gonna be pricey. Um, but I am excited to see him play uh, going into this year. I think, especially with all the the weapons that are gonna be around him going into the year: Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup, a lot of great players. Um, oh. I remember I was talking about trades. That is a little bit of a, a, a tangent here, but I think this is a valuable one, right? I was talking to a couple of Cowboys fans because there's a lot of talk about Jamal Adams, where he might go, uh, and I didn't really touch on, like, potential trade targets because I feel like and maybe I should have did that a little bit. But So a lot of Cowboys fans are interested, right? There's a lot of talk he wants to be a Cowboy. Uh, there's even, like, a video out there, and there was a talk about, like, what would be the value for this? We talked a little bit about the trade value, and I was talking to some people, and I'm like, what about a second-round pick in Michael Gallup? And there are some Cowboys fans who value Michael Gallup like a first-round pick. They would not trade him for less than that. I'm saying, by the way, PFF loved him coming out in the draft, so they valued him at a first-round pick in the NFL draft the year he came out. So PFF, you're doing your job really well, uh, dude. Michael Gallup, I, I think he's developed really well. I'm just shocked that there's that much value. Like player, like people really like him that much. Like I thought he was kind of the, the forgotten son. Like I wanted to talk about him a lot. You know, we're gonna get into fantasy next week. We are at the time. We're gonna talk about, about fantasy. We're gonna talk about the future of the NFL, and we're gonna go into the season. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend starting next week. I'm gonna pretend there's gonna be football. I promise. It's been hard. 
but I love it anyway. Uh, I love all of you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm gonna now we're but we're not done yet. Hang on. Talk about the Washington McSnyder team, right? Um, they are officially announced. They are changing their names. There has been a FedEx and a Nike say we're not gonna do business with you anymore. And Nike and Amazon were taking their jerseys off the store, and uh, you know Mr. McSnyder looked around the room and said, "Well, um, this is financially hurting us. We got to do this differently." Um, how about we, we change the name? We will, we will look into changing the name. Two days later, they, ch they just say, we're changing the name. So there's a lot of talk about the types of names they might do. Uh, the Washington Red Tails is a big one, uh, because it evokes the, you know, you can keep the, the R, like the alternative letter R, the, the color scheme a little bit, and it kind of evokes, like, A, a military vibe. Also, now you are, you are evoking, in essence, to, uh, African-American pilots, who fought and and fought for this country? You know, I think that's a that's a great way of going about it. Uh, I liked you know my alternatives for this were the Washington Warhogs, right? That was my big one. I pushed that on my uh, on the Instagram. If you watch the Instagram and and the the TikTok, I went Warhogs on this. I've been pushing that hard. Guess what? So this is the fun part of the story, right? Uh, I'm not saying I'm the only one who said Warhogs, by the way. I'm just saying it was my personal favorite, the one that I came up with in my head. I'm like, ah, you know, we could do a, you know, if you pick the Warhogs, you could do a little thing with uh, Timon and Pumbaa, right? You could do a, uh, a deal with Disney, right? You could have a, a kind of evokes the, the mindset of the old, uh, the, the hogs, the Washington hogs, the, the, the line, if you will, uh, the, the Gibbs era of the, uh, of the Washington team. So you can, you can sort of, you know, there's already like a hog mentality to them. So, uh, but there's been other names, the Warriors, the Generals, the Capitals, you know, some of the other names that have been out there, um, the Senators, the Sentinels. So I, I get all those names. They're all very fun. So what happened was, you know, now that they've announced this, uh, I, I, I've mentioned this before. I'm an attorney, uh, and I, I happen to know a bit about Trademark. In fact, I did a video on Trademark relatively recently. It's on the same link on this. It's on this, uh, this platform on the YouTube uh, you could check it out, but I, I was just talking about a, a recent Supreme Court case on trademark. That's besides the point. But apparently, somebody went ahead and filed what's called an ITU, the 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 trademark application, uh, the the one B application, which is basically you're saying I intend to use this mark for for interstate commerce. They are registering it with the the trademark office. They registered like 50 different marks, right? They they registered the red tails. They registered uh, the the. The, the every ever the generals the warhogs they registered the warhogs yes i am winning it i don't even know if i'm the only one who said warhogs but not warthogs by the way and i also said warhogs would be a good one too but i warhogs war hogs wink they did it they 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 trademarked it i'm like i love you mo i love you man i don't know who did this they did like 50 of them dude rock on by the way it's probably not gonna really last you have to prove like it's I would love to do an episode on this. In fact, we will talk about it on my other podcast called Punk Law 101, right? Uh, trademark, we, we are going to touch on that relatively soon. We touched on it a little bit on, on an episode a couple weeks ago talking about the, the Supreme Court cases. In fact, we just dropped an episode yesterday about the last five Supreme Court opinions that came out for this session. Go check it out. It's actually a fun podcast. This pro That was probably the best episode. If you're wondering what I've been working on during this time uh, a little bit away... 
Go ahead, check all this stuff out. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, Death is in the End of Life. Punch, like that delicious drink you drink in the summer or the thing you do to clowns when they hide in your closet. Um, and then also, you can follow the podcast on the TikTok, right? The the little app, the Chinese people that made. Uh, I don't know if that's going to last past. Uh, I'm going to get canceled after this one, right? But, yes, you can follow it on the TikTok. Uh, hopefully that doesn't get banned, or even if it doesn't, we'll be on the Instagram too. And uh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Take care. Farewell. Goodbye. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to be